the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Dawn, and I'm sitting here with my co-host and my husband, Travis. Hey, guys. So good to be here with you today. Well, it is Sunday afternoon, and we are just relaxing. We just woke up from a nap. We had a busy but good weekend at work, at church, which we both pastors, so we work at a church. But we also got to do something really fun on Friday night. Travis loves music, like any style of music, don't you? Well, almost any style, like all styles except for polka and opera I'm a little on edge with. But you're right, like I love so many styles of music. Your Spotify playlist is quite eclectic. Like you have a lot of different styles on there. Totally true. Way more than me. I'm the type of person that I find one song and I'll play it like 500 times in a row. I think it drove our kids nuts when uh, when they were growing up. Well, anyways, we had an opportunity this week to go to a bluegrass festival. So it was Travis's birthday a week or two ago, and so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna surprise him, and I'm gonna buy him some tickets for this bluegrass festival. So I was excited to give him these tickets. Well, I couldn't buy them, because they were actually, at that point, you had to purchase them at the door, because we were past our limit. And so um, I was on our way to go to the bluegrass festival, and suddenly we found out that there was going to be an Irish fair in downtown St. Paul. Well, kind of downtown St. Paul, Harriet Island of St. Paul. And we decided at that moment, we were no longer to go to the Bluegrass Festival. We were going to take that money and we were going to go to the Irish Fair on Harriet Island in St. Paul. And what a great decision (laughs) it was. Man, that Irish Fair was awesome. I don't really have a good Irish accent. I think I have a good British accent, but wow, the music was mind-blowing good. And just the fun, uh, celebratory, like, laughter environment that was filled with tons of joy. Like, people were there to have a good time. And the weather cooperated. It wasn't rainy. It wasn't cold. Uh, We had a spectacular time. Thanks for my birthday gift. Yeah, you're welcome. I tell you guys that story today because I just think it's funny that we were seriously on the way to a bluegrass festival, and then we switched to a Irish, you know, fair the next day. That that just proves how much you love music in any style. But I do like Irish music. It's just so much fun. It's so good. And they're really cousins. So yeah. they're great, you know, Irish music and bluegrass. And it's hard not to dance so to it. Like, related. it's fun. Like, it makes you want to jump around. Yeah, it was a great weekend, Don. And now we're back here. We're in front of the mic. We're getting a chance to talk about something really important, kind of a a serious but uh, helpful topic. And this topic brings me back to our wedding day. Well, it seems so long ago. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but then at the same time, it seems like yesterday. Right. It's funny how... It went fast. It's going to be 30 years here wow. in like three weeks. So yeah, a long time ago, That's 30 crazy. years ago, our wedding day. And as you remember, Don, we shopped around for a wedding venue and, of course, you know, planned out our whole um, honeymoon and that sort of thing. But we found a wedding venue and this particular one that we fell in love with, they actually offered us the option of a free bottle of champagne at every table so that everyone could actually do a, a toast with real champagne and that we could do that a couple times, you know, throughout our wedding. And we turned them down. We said no. They also, of course, had the open bar option and we said no. And part of the reason why we did that, as you remember, Don, is that we wanted to have the people there be present and in the moment with us on the most special day. Yeah. 
of Absolutely. our lives. Yep. We like, wanted them to remember the day. <laughs> we didn't want them to like get so drunk they forgot and then throw up all over themselves oh, and that yeah. sort of thing. I mean, we essentially wanted a dry wedding. We both came, of course, from families where we've seen alcohol cause mass destruction in individual lives, but in the marriages and especially with the kids. And we didn't want any part no, of that. Uh-uh. And although we chose to have a dry wedding, our wedding reception did just, and this is kind of the curveball, it happened to be held in a hotel banquet hall. And the hotel itself had a bar that was separate from the banquet hall. It was across the, the hallway. And unfortunately, some of our guests, they found out that there was alcohol or a bar next door and they couldn't keep themselves from drinking. They had to pay for it too. Fortunately, like, yes. I was a little frustrated that they wanted alcohol when we wanted a dry wedding and then they had to go next door, you know, in the hotel and grab it. It was, I don't know. I had mixed emotions. They just couldn't stay away from it. But unfortunately, one of our groomsmen who was a guest there that day in our wedding, he ended up, of course, getting very slammed at the wedding, you know, going across uh, the hall to this bar. And what's sad, too, is he kept drinking quite a bit over the next year or two, and he ended up in an alcohol-related car accident that turned him into a quadriplegic. And then it ultimately took his life about three months later. Yeah, he such died, a sad story. Yep. You he know, was pneumonia. one year groomsman, someone that was one of our friends, someone we grew up with. Full of life, yeah. full of joy. I mean, just a great guy. And yet, even though we tried to have a dry wedding, uh, it still couldn't keep people away from alcohol. Not only did we choose to have a dry wedding, but we sat down, remember this Don, after the wedding, and we decided to have a dry marriage. Yeah. And a dry marriage is kind of a a weird concept. Maybe a lot of people have never heard that phrase before, but for us, a dry marriage is where both the husband and wife agree to keep themselves from becoming intoxicated with anything that alters their mood, impairs their judgment, generates negative emotions, or siphons energy and focus from the marriage. A dry marriage for us is one that is uncontrolled by outside substances or forces. And again, this decision came from a lot of things, from our faith, but also, you know, all the different lives and the carnage uh, that we had seen over the years, but even some of my own mistakes with alcohol and using it in an inappropriate way prior to us getting married. You know, not only did we choose that when we were first married, it's it's something that we continue to choose every single day. We want to make sure that we have a dry marriage. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But that is our goal. And we love this idea for our own marriage. Because it protects our marriage and it gives us a level playing field against all the other difficult things that can come in life and against our marriage. We all know marriage can be hard. It has so many other things (laughs) that are thrown at it. Why throw in something else that can just basically cause a bomb? Yeah, I I think of personalities. I think of finances. I think of sex. I think of there's so many things. And then just the curveballs of bad health or whatever could come your way from outside uh, sources against your marriage. You know, it's kind of cool because there is this recent trend that is starting to gain momentum. It's called dry dating. Yeah, like, I've heard of it. We've heard it's about like this a little bit. Crazy, on the news. it was just yeah. in the news. You know, according 
to a 2022 trend survey by dating app Bumble found in a BBC article called Work Life, 34% of UK users said they're more likely to go on a sober date than they were before the pandemic, with 62% saying they think they'd form a more genuine connection on an alcohol-free date and 54% aiming for more mindful and intentional dating. In May of 2020, Canadian dating service Plenty of Fish surveyed 2,000 single adults in the UK and found that 83% said they'd be open to trying a dry date. That's awesome, isn't it? I love dry dating, but I honestly, I can't imagine going on a date and being drunk and trying to have to figure out if this person could be my spouse forever. Like, oh my gosh, man, talk about an impaired judgment. Like I, I wouldn't be able to I don't know. How do you have intuition when you're drunk? I and, don't understand. And I've always heard that they've talked about beer goggles, that people get drunk oh. and they think somebody's attractive. The next morning they wake up with them and they're like, oh my gosh, if I was sober, I never would have been yeah. attracted to that kind of person. So, wow. I am so glad that this trend is actually taking place. It's funny that you said beer goggles because I keep thinking of trying to see through the lens of being intoxicated. And trying to pick out a spouse. I just don't know. Really difficult. Like that lens would not the greatest lens to wear at all. Well, this same BBC article went on to say, alongside this new interest in sober socialization, Silverman says the non-alcoholic beverage industry has boomed during the past two years. Along with tens of new brands emerging across the globe, as well as new alcohol-free products launching from existing manufacturers, non-alcohol beverage sales increased 33% 33% to 331 wow. million <laughs> in the incredible. U.S. between November 2020 and November 2021. Some forecasters expect the global non-alcoholic beverage market to reach into the billions in the coming years. Additionally, non-alcoholic bars are also growing, such as Denver, Colorado's Awake Bar, which launched in 2021. That's great. That is just wild. Um, So not only are people thinking about trying dry dry dating or actually are dry dating, but then they're able to go to places where they can drink what seems like alcohol, but it's not alcoholic. And how cool is that? I remember, honestly, just when we were at the uh, Irish Fair, just last last Friday night, the one band was talking about a Guinness Zero. Right. Like, and they were kind of teasing each other, but there's a band member that is drinks non-alcoholic. And yeah. so they were teasing them. But I was like, yes, go for it. Like, get a zero. And they said that it was actually kind of becoming more popular. I don't know. I just really love this. How fun that there are alternatives to mixing intoxication with relationships. You know, we're not personally against all uses of alcohol, but we do think it can be one of the many dangerous forms of intoxication. I feel like it totally makes your brain and the way that you view things disrupted. Yeah. And to clarify again, we don't necessarily think that somebody can't have one drink or, you know, totally against alcohol. That's not yours and my stance, but we've just seen so much danger in it. And so many people drink and then they, it's insidious where it changes over time and they lose control or they just start to binge drink. I know. Whatever the problem. Right. It's not good. No, it's not. Not at all. I know, Travis, the reason that me and you don't drink. Honestly, it's more because of the family, the legacy that we want to leave with our kids and with our grandkids. We want to be sober-minded, but we also really have seen the destruction that it's caused in family members. So I honestly, I have no desire to drink because I, I want to make sure that I'm living my life to the fullest and enjoying every moment. And I don't want to miss out on opportunities or moments 
and not be able to think about them or yeah. you know, be intoxicated. Or like a foggy memory yes. of them. Oh. And hey, water is free. It comes out of yes. the tap. It and Diet Mountain Dew tastes too good. We yeah. love Diet Mountain Dew, you guys. We there were Diet Mountain go. Dew. Maybe we're addicted to that. Well, check out <laughs> what the Bible says and the warning it gives about the intoxication of wine and alcohol. Here's what it says. And it comes right out of Proverbs chapter 23. It says this. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? Oh my word. Wow. Like honestly, <laughs> that that paragraph wow. there makes me never want to drink. Honestly. What a mess. I don't want my eyes to see strange sights in my mind to imagine confusing things. Like I don't want that. I want nothing yeah. to do with that and everything else in that those verses. Like Yeah, this is a wild passage because oh. it starts with despair. It's like who has woe, who has sorrow? And that's why a lot of times people go to drink or to other things to medicate really um, mental health issues. Right. And we say mental health, but it's really they're sad yeah. or they're just not living a full life or they don't fully give everything to Jesus. And man, and then it's so cyclical right at the end. He says, when will I wake up so I can find another drink? Oh my, you just went through a living hell in this passage. And, you and wanted, now you want another you drink. You want to do it again. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense actually to me at all. It's pretty wild. Well, the Bible isn't the only place that warns us about the danger of drinking and its potential effects on life and relationship. Well, according to a study by the National Library of Medicine, here's what they said, ongoing and regular drinking among couples showed lower quality marriages. Mm. Just a quick snapshot outside of the Bible. You know, here's a group of people that did research and a lot of people that have that are just saying, you know, my marriage isn't as good. There's even more wisdom in the Bible about this. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 18, it says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, there's a wow. lot of wisdom yeah. in that passage. Really clear cut, too. Yep. It's not like hard to understand. Don't get drunk on wine. It's funny because in the beginning of the verse, it says, but be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. It's hard to make wise decisions if we're intoxicated, if we're drunk, if we're not clear-minded, if we're, you know, if we're not sober. Right. And because of what you and I do for a living as pastors, we talk to people all the time. I talked to somebody today whose life has been ruined by alcohol use or even drugs. I talked to somebody two weeks ago. Their life has been destroyed by drugs. Again, for us, a dry marriage is where both the husband and the wife agree to keep themselves from becoming intoxicated with anything that alters their mood, impairs their judgment, generates negative emotions, or siphons energy and focus from the marriage. A dry marriage is one that is uncontrolled by outside substances or forces. Up to this point, we have focused solely on alcohol when it comes to having a dry marriage, but there are things people we know become intoxicated with 
that negatively affect their marriage beyond alcohol. Yeah, so many more things. We're not just picking on alcohol. I mean, that was just to provide some context, but so many things create intoxication in people's minds, their emotions, even their heart. Yep, there's just a few things that, again, just come to mind, such as money or greed. This is when money becomes their driving force. Along with this comes gambling. I mean, talk about money. Gambling is like you want more, you want more, and you do anything that you can to have more. Or but, even workaholism. You know, people yeah, work that's true. too much because they're trying to get money or get ahead. Another very prevalent form of intoxication in our culture today is porn. You know, we used to talk about lust a lot, but now it's not, it's beyond lust. It's people mm-hmm. are just viewing porn at a high rate. And we've heard over and over again that kids, little kids are viewing porn And so it's really intoxicating individuals, but messing up the marriages. We know people that have been intoxicated with anger, unforgiveness, where man, it just eats at them. And that's all they can think about is this anger and how they've been wronged and they haven't been able to forgive, but it becomes intoxicating. It really does. And we live in the state of Minnesota. And just recently, a couple of weeks ago, they legalized marijuana gummies. I mean, you can just go by. That's ridiculous. If you have a headache, whatever it is, (laughs) you can come up with a reason. They'll sell you marijuana gummies and you don't even have to smoke marijuana anymore to become intoxicated. You just chew on these flavorful gummies and there you go. Right. You know, one other thing that people might not think can become intoxicating, but we have seen it happen is people get intoxicated with their personal body image. They want a perfect body. They want to make sure that they are just doing everything that they can have to have a ripped body or to have muscles or to have curves or honestly, plastic surgery. Like some people get so intoxicated, they want to make sure oh, their lips man. are plump and yeah. you know, their, their nose is perfect. But it becomes an intoxication where that's all they can think about. And I think one of the last things that we can think of, and I know there's many more, is just people become intoxicated with building an image for themselves, a reputation, or how many followers on social media they have. Like they, this becomes just in their mind and they can't let it go. And that's all they do is trying to build, build, build. I think it's important to clarify that the opposite of a dry marriage isn't a wet marriage. It's a sober marriage. Sobriety on every level comes with many benefits, but probably one of the most important is found in 1 Peter 5.8. Yeah, this passage is incredible. One of my favorites. Here's what it says. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Wow. I mean, that's the challenge. Stay sober. Why? Because when we stay sober and choose a sober marriage, one that is uncontrolled by outside substances or forces, we are safer spiritually and we are more equipped to stand up to evil. It's like we're no longer his prey. We're no longer an easy lunch or supper where he just chews us up, devours us, and rips us apart. Yeah, I want to be healthy, strong. I want to have great relationships. I want to be sober-minded. And some anecdotal kind of just things that we've noticed in our own marriage, in our own life, but also the people that we see around us that are positive effects of a dry marriage are greater unity, both physically and spiritually. You and I are on the exact same page. I mean, we live and believe this, but I also think of more satisfying sex. When we were kind of preparing for this episode, I mean, you go study it. You don't even have to take my word for it. There are so many studies out there that will tell you that intoxication can actually just 
totally lower somebody's desire for sex or their ability to have deep, satisfying sex. There's also the another great benefit is greater positivity for each other and life, which results in less negative mood swings and less negative emotions. It also provides greater clarity for the future. I love that you and I, Don, are sober-minded. That when mm-hmm. we look into our future, we're not putting something back or eating an edible marijuana gummy or whatever it yeah. is, you know, taking pictures of ourselves. No, we're like, hey, we're growing old. Here's what we want our life to be. And one thing that that does, it helps create trust because I know if you come to me with, hey, I feel like we're supposed to do this for our future or an idea... I'm going to look at you and go, yep, you know what? I know that he was sober-minded because we have chosen a dry marriage and there is no substance that's getting in the way of your thinking or how you come to a conclusion on something. Yeah, a part that I love too is stronger finances because we have a dry marriage. We don't spend money on alcohol, drugs, gambling, or porn or things like that. We just stay away from it and it goes into our savings account or we pay things off and then just all around healthy relationships. with With our siblings, with our friends, with our neighbors, there's a healthiness that comes because we're not goofy. We don't do weird things. We're trying just to love people to the best of our ability. Again, we're not perfect, but we are able to have healthy relationships. Yeah, and really, we're not at all in any way trying to say that we're better than other no, people or we've got all. life figured out. We just know that we're flawed and sinful enough that we need to stay away from these things. They are black holes that will suck us in. Right. And we want to have a great life, yeah. a great marriage, and be close to God. And I think it's exciting that this is a decision that we came to together. We have chosen to have a dry marriage and I'm glad. I'm very thankful that together we came to that decision. Well, we're going to just end this podcast with this powerful scripture from Ephesians 5, what the Bible says. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Man, that's a great passage. That's so good. So, so full of wisdom. And it's a great way to end this episode. We just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.